Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, give him the loudest praise that you can tonight all over South Africa, Ghana, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Pakistan, wherever you are tonight, let everything that I pray praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands tonight all over this place, all over South Africa and say tonight, say, Father, tonight I present my body to you, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is my reasonable service. This year, I want my life to be to the praise of your glory. Be glorified in everything I do. Be glorified through everything I am. This year, I want to see your name glorified through my life. In Jesus' name. If you mean it tonight and you believe it tonight, come on, give Him a praise. One more time all over this auditorium and every other church in South Africa. Bye, welcome for now. Welcome tonight to Faith TV, to Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, CRC Online, radio stations all across uh, our country and then people all over the world, Russia, Israel, America, Europe. We welcome you in India, Pakistan, China. Amen. How many of you love the people from China? Even the people from Wuhan. We love everybody. Amen. (laughs) Hey, soon we're going to be mask free. And then of course, all our people over Africa. God bless you in Jesus' name. All our churches with us. 32 churches with us tonight. We don't have a lot of time. We welcome you all. These are good days. Life is great. God is alive and your future is bright. So soon you are going to come to church without a mask, but with dark sunglasses. Amen. Because of your great, bright future. Take your seat tonight in Jesus' name. Let's prepare for a great 2022. How many of you already have started to see something shift in your life? How many of you are ready for God to do something great in your life in 2022? We spoke about this morning, Mark chapter 9, 23, the Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. If you can believe, all things are possible. Say all things are possible because I believe. This year God is gonna surprise you. This year God is gonna amaze you. This year God is gonna do a suddenly and unexpected something in your life. I believe it and I declare it in Jesus' Name. This year you are going to take a leap into the things that God has for you in Jesus' Name. I want to talk to you on the subject tonight, more teaching than preaching. So help me, my fantastic Mr. Soundman. 
I want to talk to you about faith and the subject this morning, very simply, now faith is. We saw this morning when that man brought his son to Jesus, he said to Jesus, if you're able to do something, please help. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I am able? If you can't believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Before I walked into this uh, place, um, one of our pastors spoke to me about the poverty statistics in South Africa. And um, that is going to be released by the Department of Social Development. And um, how to attack this, because you know that our major goal as CRC is to partner with other organizations, government organizations, NGOs, welfare organizations, and we are gonna eradicate poverty in South Africa by 2030. Say amen tonight. So I think we all realize that the social grant is not the answer. So we need an entrepreneur spirit. We need job creation. We need young people that are not ready to leave South Africa, but are ready to start a job, to start a career. We need businessmen that are ready to expand their businesses, not just so they can get more money, but so they can employ more people in Jesus' Name. We are going to change the statistics in South Africa. We are gonna slay the giants in South Africa. We are going to see revival in South Africa. We are going to see our young people employed in South Africa. We are going to see a great move of revival in South Africa. Come on, jump to your feet and shout amen and give the Lord a praise if you believe it tonight. So your best days are ahead of you. But we wanna talk about using faith as a creative force. Understanding how we are called to live. Understanding how to access what Jesus already did. We're not looking for God to do anything. God has already done what He's gonna do. The price has already been paid. Your total redemption has already been purchased. His resurrection power is available to every believer. Victory is available. In John 10 verse 10, the Bible says, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. I have come that you, that's you my brother, my sister, may have life, Zoe, and life more abundantly. So you're not gonna be part of the negative statistics. You are gonna be part of the promises of God that are yea and amen. That means you have a future, you have a hope. That means you are gonna believe what God says about you. I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope, say amen. Now, let's get into the teaching. Verse 11 of Hebrews chapter six, of Hebrews 11 verse six, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And sometimes I just quote these Scriptures and it goes in one ear, out the other ear, but I want you to think about this because if you don't understand this, you're not gonna live a life of victory. You cannot please God without faith. Your snot and tranen gaan die nie beweeg nie. Jou klaagliedere Jeremia. 
Jou gewin en jou gesteen. Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That he is God. That he still is able. That he is all powerful. That he is a miracle worker. That he is a way maker. That he is a storm calmer. That he is a provider. That he is the same yesterday, today and forever. That he is that great I am. When you come to God, you do not come to some reduced version of God. You do not come to the church that replaced the movie title with honey, I shrunk the kids. It's almost like church, we shrunk God. Where people no longer believe that God is able to do anything. In Mark 10, 27, the Bible says, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. For with God, all things are possible. Listen, you better stop listening to the naysayer and you better get rid of the doubters in your life and you better break relationships with the critics in your life and you better stop hanging out with those who neutralize your faith in this world. You better make up your mind to love some people from a distance and begin to walk with those who are of like precious faith, the Joshua's and the Caleb's of your generation. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, a lot of people think that God doesn't wanna help people. A lot of people think, well, it's not God's will for everybody to be blessed. Why not? If the Bible already says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, thanks be to God and Father who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The Bible says it's already been happened. Galatians 3, 13, the Bible says in 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs upon the tree, work of substitution, the gospel, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So you have been redeemed and you have been blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. I said you are blessed. You are highly favoured. You are blessed for success. You are blessed to overcome. You're empowered to thrive. And it's like uh, people have this mindset that if you serve God, the poorer, the holier. And if you serve God, you should have no ambition. You should have vision with purpose to glorify God. John 15, 16, the Bible says, Yearing is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Not little fruit. <laughs> a lot of people just tick along. And I'm not saying that if you don't have a job, you're not glorifying God. I'm saying that your situation is going to be for the glory of God. And that means you are going to get a job. I'm not saying that if you have sickness in your body that you're not glorifying God, but I'm telling you that you are going to glorify God through your healing in the Name of Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that you cannot glorify God if you are suffering. I'm saying to you that you can glorify God in every situation, but the testimony of your deliverance is what is going to glorify God in Jesus' Name. But you have to believe. As Jesus said to Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So we have to get out of neutral. We have to get back in faith. Faith in the grace of God. I think people get uh, uh, confused 
when you talk about faith and grace. They think they are two opposites. They think it's either grace or either faith. So first the faith movement came, it became very legalistic in the late 70s and the 80s. And it was all about your faith and what you do. And it became a formula. Then there was the emphasis of grace and the church believers always like to do the seesaw thing. First lopsided this way, then lopsided the other way. That means, well, if God meant it for me, it will be. Well, God meant for Israel to possess the promised land, they never did. Wasn't God's fault. God said, I gave it to you. He said, spy out the land I'm giving to you. The Bible says, we see they never entered in because of their unbelief. The Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. So what is the grace of God? God, grace, uh, uh, preachers have many definitions, etc. But grace really is God's unearned, unmerited, undeserved favour. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. It's been given to you freely through the death of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago, where God bought your redemption and God bought your salvation. And now you access that by faith. Bible says we access grace, your freedom, your victory, your redemption, God's promises. You can't work for them, but you access them by faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. How did you get saved? You believe in your heart Jesus died for you. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish. You didn't get saved knowing about God. You got saved believing. Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, He that believes in the Son has a witness in Himself. So what broke the power of sin over your life? Believing in the grace of God. Believing in the price Jesus paid. Accepting by faith that Jesus has forgiven your sins. So let me ask you a question. How many of you tonight believe that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? If you believe it, well, 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 how do you know that? Have you seen that book? Have you seen your name written in the book? How many of you believe you're saved? Now, how many of you know you're born again that if you died now, you'd go to heaven? How do you know? You believed. You see, we get confused because we think that faith stops with salvation. And when we study the word salvation, it's the Greek word sorteria, which is all inclusive, which speaks about your redemption, spirit, soul, and body. That God, Jesus died, not only to get you to heaven, but to give you a life of victory while you live on planet earth. Not that you survive, but that you thrive. Not that you live in defeat, but God's plan for you is to live in victory. Not that you stay on the ground, but that you stand back up again that you will go places you never thought possible. You do exploits you never thought possible. So we need, listen, we need believing faith or saving faith and we need living faith. Faith to live. Because life can be tough, right? Life is full of challenges, right? 
But I want you to think again, the greatest miracle God did in your life is how? When you believed. You simply believed. You didn't work for it. You believed in your heart. And you confessed with your mouth. And God saved you from hell and eternal judgment. You accessed grace by faith. For by grace, you are saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone suppose. So, so my brother, my sister, we better understand that. And, and people get confused because they read the Bible and they don't see the two aspects of grace and, and faith. They, they don't see that there is, the, there is a, the aspect of faith that deals with your righteousness in Christ, which is your salvation, your identity and everything Jesus did for you. But then there is the aspect of faith where you have to believe the promise of God into being. And we see it both in the life of Father Abraham. Abraham called the friend of God. Abraham called the father of faith. So he's the father of faith in that he is the father, the grandfather of Jesus Christ in you, in your seed, capital it is, Jesus Christ, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Talking about salvation, right? But then there is the aspect of Abraham's life where Abraham could not have a child. His wife's womb was dead. His reproductive system was dead and God gave him a promise. And he had to believe that promise into existence. So righteousness you receive by faith instantly. Your promise is a journey of faith. We get confused. We think those are works. But James very clearly says that, show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith by my works. And he's not talking about justification because you are justified by faith in the grace of God. He's not talking about salvation because you've been saved by the grace of God, cannot deserve it. He's talking about the life that God called you to live, the destiny God called you to live, the land that God called you to live, the promise that God called you to possess, the dream that God has for you is not gonna fall into your lap. You have to possess it using the gift of faith, accessing the grace of God. Are you listening? So without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is talking about living faith. Because the whole Hebrews chapter 11, we'll see that at the end of the sermon, talks about living faith, how these people overcame through faith, how these people had the dead come back to life through faith, how the people subdued kingdoms through faith, how the people endured hardships through faith, how the people expanded God's kingdom through faith. It is not a passive chapter. It's not a chapter that refers to salvation. It's a chapter that refers to living life in victory. You understand? So let's talk about this faith that you live by. Because if God promises victory and we have the victory, and Hosea 4 verse 6, the Bible says, my people perish for, perish for lack of knowledge. I want to know how to access this. I want to know how to live this life that is called faith. Because the Bible does say in Romans 1 verse 16, the just shall live by faith. Repeated in Hebrews 3 verse 10, uh, 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 chapter 10 verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Also in Galatians chapter 3, the just shall live by faith. The just justified, justified by grace, just. 
as if I never sinned, declared righteous. You live by faith, faith in what Jesus did for you, but you access, listen, redemption, that which has been done, which is complete and total, which is what Jesus purchased for you on the cross 2,000 years ago, your total redemption from sickness, from disease, from poverty, from bondage, from addictions, from depression, from everything else. He purchased that for you 2,000 years ago and you access that by faith. So when we, when we don't understand this faith thing and, and we, I don't wanna say that you can over, overemphasize grace, but if we just focus upon what Jesus did for us, we, we're never gonna access what Jesus did for us. Because let's go back to salvation. Think with me. Use the brain God gave you. Think with me. Reason with me. The Bible says in 1 Peter, it's not God's will, will for any to perish. How many of you know everybody's not saved? How many of you know God paid the price for the sin of every human being that ever lives on planet Earth? How many of you know that not everybody will go to heaven? Where's the, where, where's, where's the lack? Who's at fault? Is, is God's grace not enough? Did God do half a job? If God is not willing for any to perish, likewise, God is not willing that any should live in poverty. Now, I'm not saying that if you are poor, God doesn't love you. I'm not saying if you are poor, you cannot live a life to the glory of God because I know a lot of people. I'm saying to you that living every day in a place of lack is not God's will for your life. Can I have an amen tonight in Jesus' Name? At least agree with me tonight. So let's talk about this faith. Take it slow so we can understand. Hebrews 11 verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is, now, not tomorrow, not next week, is the substance of the things we hope for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So now, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith brings hope. Hope deals with the future. Hope is a favourable expectation of a better future. By the way, when Jesus came, He brought you hope of a better future, not just hope to go to heaven. In spite of what people say out there who don't like the Gospel, that is a Gospel of good news, that is a Gospel for your full redemption, spirit, soul and body. A Gospel that brings victory and freedom to every area of your life. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come to do half a job. Now if there's no hope, there can be no faith. So if you are cynical about the future, faith cannot operate. Because your hope is your faith feeder. You have to have hope. That means you must have a vision. Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, people perish. You watch cities where there's no vision, they perish. You watch, business, watch businesses where there's no vision, they perish. You watch ministries where there's no vision, 
they perish. There's no vision. There's no clear, preferred picture concerning the future. So if you don't have hope, faith cannot operate. But faith gives substance, materiality to your faith. It says, faith is your evidence. So we'll, we'll look at faith because Romans 10, 17, the Bible says, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So you can replace faith with a word and you can say the Word is the substance of the things you hope for. The Word is your proof, your evidence of the things you cannot see. So if it's in the Word of God, it's God's will for you. No matter how impossible it seems, it's the will of God for your life. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea and amen to the glory of God. So if it's in the Word, the Word is the substance. So, 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 so uh, make it simple that you're somebody struggling to fall pregnant and the Word says children are the heritage of the Lord. You have a Scripture. That Scripture is your substance of your faith. The proof, the evidence. Word evidence is the same as proof. So you don't have a job and you see the Bible says the Lord shall provide. You have a Scripture. You have to stand on something. The Word, not the Word of fear and the Word of your cynical Christian friend and the Word of everybody else. That's a problem with people. They believe what people say more than what God says. So they don't have faith. They don't have spirit of faith. They believe what their parents say. They believe what the media says. They believe what everybody else says. Well, the Bible doesn't say that somebody else's faith is the substance of what you hope for. The Bible says your faith is the substance of the things that you hope for. Your faith. Now, what happens to people when they go through prolonged storm? They lose their hope. And when they lose their hope, they no longer have faith and they justify where they are rather than going to get their hope back. The Bible calls God the God of all hope. The Bible, call, the Bible says hope is the anchor of your soul. So when you lose your hope because of a prolonged disease, because of a prolonged battle, because of a prolonged crisis, because of a prolonged believing God for a piece of land, Pastor, and you do not have active faith because you don't have hope, because hope is the image in your mind. Hope is the expectation. Hope is your anticipation. I'm getting married in the morning. I'm getting a job this year. I'm getting a promotion. I'm whatever. I, 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 I'm gonna get something good. I'm gonna get my deliverance. I'm gonna get my freedom. Your faith is the substance of things hopeful. It is the evidence. So your faith, the Word of God, which is the substance of faith, brings hope into the year and now makes that which is invisible, tangible. Materiality, perspex. The substance, the pulpit has substance. Aluminium, perspex. Faith is the substance, it's tangible. It's not airy-fairy, it's not spooky, it's not out there. It's something that's real, why? Because it is the Word of God, it's what God said. I said it's the Word of God, it's the promise of God. No matter what you are facing, it is the promise of God. 
Faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. Even when there's no pulpit, I see the pulpit. Because I walk by faith and not by sight. I said I walk by faith and not by sight. I see my husband saved. I don't see him in a drunken state. I don't talk about his drunken state. I see him saved, so I call him saved. I thank God that he's saved. Thank God my child is saved. I don't talk about his rebellion because faith is the substance of the hope that I have. Hebrews 11 verse 1 in the Amplified Bible says, Now listen, now faith is the assurance, the title deed. The confirmation. What is faith again? The Word. Can we do that? Yes. It's like where there's rain, there's wet. So where there's the Word, there's faith. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You don't pray for faith. You don't go by faith. Faith comes through the Word. So if you have a promise, you need three Scriptures. Promises. Not wishful thinking. Promises. That which God already did for you. I'm going to say it again. I said it at the start of the service. People want God to do things. He's already done what He's going to do. He did. It's done. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. You don't need a prophet to wave his hand over you. You need to go get some faith. You need to get some substance for your, for, for, for your faith. You need to go get yourself in the Word of God. You need to go get some healing Scriptures and confess them and believe them and declare them. Amen. So he says, the faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. So the promises of God have been divinely guaranteed by God Himself. God says, I'm the Lord God, I lie not. So when we question the Word of God, what do we do? Listen, we question God's integrity. And if we question God's integrity, what do we say? We say God is a liar. Now, God is not a man that He can lie. Why did God get let me put it mildly, upset with the Israelites when He brought them out of the Promised Land because He gave them the Word. They would not believe the Word and they blamed God that He never told them about the giants. God said, I've had enough of these unbelieving people. I've done miracle upon miracle upon miracle and still they complain and murmur. They will not see the land that I promised them. But Joshua and Caleb, because they had a different spirit. Spirit of what? A spirit of faith. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith. According to what is written, we believe, therefore do we speak. What comes out of your mouth is the evidence of what you believe. Not because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Bible says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. One of the ways we release the faith of God, and I call it the faith of God, is through the words of our mouths. So when you open your mouth, you write your future. Psalm 45 verse 1, the tongue of man is as the hand of a ready writer. You speak your fear, 
You send it out there. Think about it. In the beginning, God created everything. God spoke things into being right. And, and scientists will tell you, new galaxies are still being created because God spoke it into existence. That word is still creating. The word that comes out of your mouth is creating, is a creative force. James says, the words that come out of your mouth is like a rudder. It steers the course of your life. You better watch what you say. You better watch what you say. You respect the principles of God. The first thing you are going to do is you are going to put a watch before the door of your lips and be careful what you say in moments of distress, anger, disappointment, frustration, and not think that, oh, but God understands. He does understand that you're a human, but He teaches you that you are created in His image and that you have to operate in this life the same way God operated. Otherwise, God would be a respecter of persons. You are called to play by the rules of God's kingdom, the laws of God's kingdom. You cannot play rugby with baseball rules. You have to play rugby with rugby rules. People don't like this because it gives responsibility. Well, if he didn't, God was a respecter. Because why would he bless one and not another? No, he's already blessed everybody. And it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end. You can grow up in a private school, and I've seen this a million, a hundred times, a privileged young person and get onto drugs and end up a dropout in life. And I've seen how many thousands in our church from Bloemfontein now all over South Africa come from squatter camps, climb on buses, and today they're engineers and they're architects and lawyers and doctors, etc., etc. Because it doesn't matter where you come from, it matters where you are going. And if you don't have hope, my brother, you have no future. I don't care how intellectual you are, your vision is your future. You have to make up your own mind what it is that you believe. And stop running with the crowd. Stop listening to everybody else who has no understanding about God's Word. Stop having sentimental discussions that violate the laws of God. Get smart. You want the breakthrough God has in mind for you, you're going to have to get that breakthrough God's way. That's going to be by grace through faith. Sure, God's going to do a miracle for some of you. I have no problem with that. But we don't live by miracles. We live by faith. Amen. We live by miracles. We live by faith. When Israel possessed the promise, then God said, I'm not going to drive at the enemy before you one day. Why did God say that? Because you will not live dependent on me any longer. Little by little. Because that's what happens to people. After 35 years of being a pastor, people pray, they're in church till they get their breakthrough. And then the breakthrough is not big enough. They serve God. They're on fire till they get a bigger breakthrough until they get what they want. And then that's it, God. See you later. So some of you shouldn't get your big breakthrough because you're going to backslide. Because the suffering you're experiencing hopefully is purifying your motives. So that when the breakthrough comes, you don't lose your mind. Yeah. 
and reclaim the ownership of your life. I've seen how many people come to our church with nothing. And then God blesses them, blesses them, blesses them, blesses them. And as God blesses them, their noses go up a few degrees. And when they start out, they're so humble, they listen. But when they make a few zeros too many, they listen to nobody. Mammon? Has that now become your God? Materialism? The more God blesses you, the more humble you should be. The more degrees you have, the more humble you should be. The more dependent you should live on the grace of God. And the more you should go do for other people. And the more you should go back to people, the very place you came from, and go give those people hope. And we're going to launch a lot of uh, projects like that throughout our churches. For those of you that came out of poverty and God's now given you a platform, we're going to help you to go back to your communities and you're going to give hope to those people and you're going to say to those people, there's a way out through God's grace and through faith in God. Come on. This is not your future. This is your departure point. God has a great future, a great tomorrow for you in Jesus' Name. Amen. It's not going to meet you in your, your chair of comfort. Maybe if you're smoking a cigar and you're drunk, it's going to be merciful. But if you know you should be in the house of God, it's not going to meet you on your terms. And Christians don't like this preacher because I say the truth. I know, Pastor, people say to me, I record you and when we, when we have time, we watch you. I say, please delete the recording. Because I know what you do. The minute I say what you don't like, you fast forward me. You flip the channel to see, is there somebody else that says something nicer? Then the Holy Ghost says, go back. And then you like what I say until I say what you don't like, which is what you need. Because you need... The good, the bad, the ugly. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, Reprove, rebuke, exhort. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. Not blow smoke up people's noses all the time. He says, Reprove, rebuke, exhort. With all doctrine and long suffering, teach the full counsel of God. Because you'll stand before Jesus one day, and I know it. I don't care that you like me, but you better like Jesus. And if you like Jesus, you're going to obey Him. You're like Jesus, you're not going to be this wise guy with your opinion. You're going to be a broken vessel. You're going to be humble. When it comes to the Word of God, you'll have reverential fear. You'll respect God's way of doing things. The Spirit of the world is very disrespectful. Are you listening? Hmm. We're not going to heap up teachers having itching ears and just listen to what we want to hear. That's why I said it in Joburg as well, because we have so many people coming from other churches now. I said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a church. You make up your mind. Either you get planted here or tsamaya of Sicilian Afrikaans say, voort se ek. Nee, voort se ek. Voort se ek. Voort se ek. Because 
you can't go to a church and as soon as the preacher says what you don't like. Who are you in any case to decide what you like? How do you raise a child without telling that child what they don't want to like? What child raises themselves? I mean, my neighbours didn't raise my children. My children didn't eat from everybody else's table. I didn't want fat and lazy kids. So we worked out their diet. And they had to eat their vegetables, whether they liked it or not. And if they didn't eat it, they got it the next meal. And if they didn't eat it, they got it the next meal. I wasn't one of these little soft parents that, oh, oh you don't like it. Oh, okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's just get you something else. So, oh, oh sorry. No, 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 no. No, when Angelique spat it out like, I picked it up off the floor and pushed it back in her mouth. I said, you will eat it. And she went, I picked it up again. I said, you will eat it. What two-year-old tells you what they don't like? But you millennials, you think your little kids are like little demigods. And what do you think you are raising? If, 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 if they, they, what do they know about liking something? A three-year-old telling his mother, I don't want vegetables. And the mother gets in a flat spin. Yet, 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 does he cause? Yet, yet, they can eat pizza yet, yet your cause. Now the Word of God is the same. There are seasons and rivers to go through the church and some of those rivers sometimes are there to motivate you, inspire you. But then some of those, the series that God leads the elder of the church, the pastor of the church to bring messages that are not so jumpy, up and down shouting messages and then people get all uncomfortable, especially when it's messages that deal with commitment. Now, I'm going to go restaurant. Too. Make up your mind where God has planted you and get yourself planted under a man, a woman of God, and eat from one table. God gives you what you need, what not not what you want. Amen. So don't think the Word of God is not there to challenge you, to provoke your thinking. Stop being a little fickle individual. Some of you are like a five-year-old. The minute your mother says something, you want to pack your bags and go. Where? Where are you going? Even when my kids were teenagers, I said, eat. You don't tell me what you don't like. 
One day you can decide what you don't like. But I'm not yet to be popular. I'm your parent. So when my kids ate at my table, they ate what they were given. They cleaned their plates. And if they didn't, they got that exact food the next meal. That's not cruel. That's being a parent. Because you teach your children to decide what they like and what they don't like at five years old. So the rest of their lives, I don't like going to church. I don't like Sunday school. I don't like the music. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like. And then they get some money and it's like, I don't like. Because you are not a parent. How do you even get intimidated by a little child that says, I don't like the food? And you run around like a slave. Hmm. Some of you have your babies in your bedroom after two years. You wonder why your marriage is in trouble. Hij is niet alleen porselein poppie. Hij is een kant. Dat is een kant. You know, every one of my children married out of my house and they all lived by my rules till the day they got married. They never changed my culture, my principles, my standards. They never brought their junk into my house. Not that they ever had junk. I'm the parent. Angelique is 31. She's the child. She doesn't sit me down and tell me. She's the child. So somewhere you get it, need to get planted. You're not a grasshopper, are you? And you're not a pot plant either, are you? You're trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That He may be glorified. So God sets you in the church where He needs you and where He knows you will grow spiritually. So Hebrews 11 verse 1, the CSB translation says, Now faith is the reality of what is hope. What is hopeful. The proof of what is not seen. This EV says, faith makes us sure. It's the assurance of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. Again, it's the Word, the promise, the Bible. The Bible, the Bible. You know that Bible? You know that Bible that used to be next to your bedroom table that you never open? You know that Bible that's on your iPad, your iPod that you never read? You know that Bible that you should spend more time on than social media? 
watching all your Facebook comments and all your Instagram comments and, 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 and what everybody says about you and all the likes and dislikes. You know what we're talking about? The Bible, the Bible that's inspired by God, the Bible that's breathed, that carries the life of God. We're talking about that. The thing Jesus gave you and me to build our faith. So without the Word of God, there is no faith. Without rain, there's no water. There's no wet. You know, you can stand in the desert and take out your soap and say, I'm going to wash myself. And you're going to have to use sand. But until the rain doesn't fall, you're not getting clean. You're not getting wet. So until the Word of God doesn't take priority in your life until you don't become a lover of God's Word more than a lover of every other word and every other opinion, your faith is never going to operate the way it should operate because the opinions of people will neutralize God's faith in your life. Because people's opinions and focusing on your giants and your circumstances will bring the if. If you are able, second thing it will bring is a, but we know what you say. We hear you, pastor, but you don't understand. Oh, how do I not understand? I'm also married. I also have children. I also have to pay bills. I also have to get up every day out of my bed and make decisions. You think there's just this supernatural halo over my life that just guarantees life. I also have to make up my mind not to eat um, ice cream every day of my life and chocolate cake and whatever else it is. I also have to make up my mind to go to gym. I have to make up my mind to do a lot of things. I have to make up my mind to read the Bible, just like you. I don't have a different inspiration because I'm a pastor. I still have to build my faith and exercise and develop my faith in line with the size of my dream. Because little faith cannot accomplish big results. Are you listening? You have to build your faith. You have to spend time in the Word of God. You have to develop your faith to the place where you can actually believe what God says to be final and then believe it into being. Not going to be long. It's 12 minutes past 7, so we'll be finished at 12 minutes past 10. So, so Romans 4 verse 17 to 21, I won't be long, believe me. Because... Let me not say why. I think sometimes as preachers, we just waste our breath. I mean it. That's what Jesus always said. Either it is to you, let him hear. People listen to anything but what you say. And then you just think, you're wasting your time. Because you can feel hunger in people. You can feel indifference. You can perceive people's thoughts. 
while you preach under the anointing. So verse 17, Bible says, as it is written, this is the promise, a promise of a future, not the promise of righteousness. I have made you the father of many nations. I have, Abraham has got no child, in the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead, Lazarus, his son out of the grave and calls those things that do not exist as though they do. So Abraham, against hope or contrary to hope, in hope believed. So when Lazarus was stinking already, what did Jesus say to it? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Because what was Martha's response? She said, by now he's stinking. He's dead for four days. There's no hope. Now Abraham had the same situation. There was no hope in the natural, but he believed God. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, the promise, the substance of your faith. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. Now we have a lot of doctors in the church. How many of you have recently seen a hundred year old make a woman pregnant? Huh? So if you're 100 and you're and you married and, and you want a baby, we can pray for you. Because <laughs> God did it for Abraham, He can do it for you. But I suggest it's a little bit late. So he, he did not consider his own body reproductive system dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver, or the word waver means stagger, stumble at the promise of God through what? Unbelief. But was strengthened in what? Faith, how? Giving glory to God, being fully convinced or persuaded, fully persuaded, convinced, no double-mindedness, that what God had promised, He was able to do or to perform, fully persuaded. You see, faith cannot operate when we're not fully persuaded. Doesn't operate when we're half persuaded. Cannot operate when we're double-minded. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything of the Lord. James chapter one, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Going a little bit for, uh, for, uh, preceding verses says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For he that doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind, tossed to and fro. Let not that man suppose, think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. I didn't write the Bible. That's the Bible. So if your vision is not clear and your dream is not clear, your goal is not clear, your promise is not clear and you've made up your mind. Last Sunday morning, we saw Jesus saying, if to Martha, if you will believe. To the father of the epileptic son, He said, if you can believe. So you can believe, you will believe. Single-minded belief. You have to make up your mind what it is that you believe and, and, and not abdicate your faith responsibility
by talking to unbelievers. I'm not saying non-Christians, because you get unbelieving Christians. They don't believe the promises of God. They will talk you out of the promise. They will talk you out of the land. Like those 10 spies who came back, they said, it's a good land. God's a great God, but there are giants. We are not able. What happened? That spirit of unbelief came upon the entire nation. That's what happens when you hang out with the wrong people. They steal your faith. They rob you of your faith. And then you settle just like them for less than God wants for you. Are you hearing? You have to make up your mind. What is it that you believe? Because if you, I didn't write this Bible. This is Jesus in red talking. If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. If it's in the Word and if it's for the glory of God, God wants you to believe for it. God wants you to believe it into reality. Do you hear me this morning, this evening? So, Closing Mark 11, 22 to 25, Jesus answered and said to them, that's after He speaks to the fig tree, expecting to have fruit, there's no fruit. And Jesus talks to the tree and He says, let no man eat fruit of you ever again. What does He do? And then Peter recalling, uh, uh, recalling what Jesus said, He said, Lord, the tree you cursed. Now Jesus didn't go, I curse you. What did Jesus do? He spoke negatively over the future of the, church, uh, uh, of the tree. He said, no one is going to eat fruit of you ever again. Now remember, uh, 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 the Word of God is a two-edged sword. So in a, in a Scripture, you can read two truths. So He's talking about Israel in a sense, we understand that. But He's also talking about a spiritual principle of how faith operates. Two-edged. So the Word of God can say two things at the same time. The Word of God can say many things at the same time. That's why you have to interpret the Word of God through the Holy Ghost. And you have to interpret Scripture with Scripture. New Testament with New Testament. So Jesus answered and said to them, this is after Peter who calls to remember and says, the tree that you cursed has withered away. What is a curse? A curse is empowered to fail and struggle and die. That's a curse. So life and death is in the power of the tongue, blessing and cursing. Where is it? Where is it? Power of your tongue. How's the faith of God released? One of the, through prayer. But one of the ways, we'll see two ways. Through the words of your mouth and through prayer. Through the words of your mouth and through prayer. You release your faith through the words of your mouth and through prayer. So in verse 20. So verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for what? For your future? For your deliverance? Verse 23 says, for verily I say to you, whoever, whoever, you are a whoever, says to this mountain, the problem, 
be removed be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believe the things he says will come to pass but believes the things he says will come to pass he will have whatever he says therefore I say to you what things soever you desire when you pray you believe and you shall have them now who said that don't look at me in that tone of voice I said who said that no there's three of you that say Jesus I said who said those words so does he mean it do those words still apply today? Do all things, are all things still possible to them that believe today? Do you believe it? Hmm? So he says, I say to you. Now when I read the Bible, I see him talking to me. Because this is my Bible. Not, oh, Jesus was talking to Peter in the context of blah, 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 blah. Well, then you don't have to read the Bible because the Word was written to the church in Corinth, the church in Galatia, the church, 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 church. So it's not written. Then, in any case, just go sit under a tree and never read the Bible because your name is nowhere in the Bible. At least my name is in the Bible. Adam, he's there. John, I'm in the Bible. James, I'm in the Bible. At least I have some things he's saying to me. I can read John, the little John, Revelation, <laughs> Book of James. That's a tough one. That apostle was a difficult apostle. You read the Book of James, you don't read it on a bad day. <laughs> you read the Book of John, Gospel of John on a bad day. Jude, you read Jude, you're going to be repenting every verse. Right? You can't live this life without God's Word. And then in verse 25, he says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Why do you think he says that? Because Galatians chapter 5 says, Faith works by love. Isaiah 66 or Psalm 66 verse 8 in the Bible says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I cannot come before God and ask God to bless me or do anything for me if I have bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment in my heart towards anybody. When you come to the altar and they remember that your brother sinned against you, you first go and you be reconciled to your brother. You cannot think that faith is going to operate outside of love because faith operates by love. And that love is you love God with all your heart, soul and mind and you love your neighbor as yourself. So if you think you are going to have your dream fulfilled and you're going to get your breakthrough this year, but you sit with bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness towards anybody, I have news for you. Because Jesus brought verse 25 and 26 in there for a very good purpose. He says, okay, this is how faith operates. But remember, remember, when you stand before God, you cannot stand there with unforgiveness. You cannot stand there with bitterness because it's going to neutralize your faith. Forgive those who sinned against you, even though they don't uh, uh, deserve it. Remember the Lord's Prayer before we pray, give us our daily bread. He says, 
Forgive us our trespasses and those who sinned against us. You forgive people. Because that's where faith operates. That's how the grace of God is released in your life. It's in the place of love. Loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbour as you love yourself. There's a lot of people in South Africa that have bitterness towards white people, towards black people, towards certain things that have happened, etc. And they're not getting their break. Then I'll tell you something. You better let go of your bitterness. You better let go of your bitter conversation. You better let go of your past and your yesterday. And you better embrace the journey of love and love your brother, love your enemies, love those who sinned against you and walk in bitterness. And you are going to see your breakthrough. Your prayers are going to be answered like this. This is a word for somebody tonight. Your prayers are going to be answered like this. If you'll get that bitterness out of your spirit. And when you stand praying, forgive. That your Father may also forgive you. That's a condition to faith operating. Because faith operates by love, loving God and loving your neighbour. So sometimes people hurt you. Generationally, people have been hurt. People carry the pain of their parents, their grandparents, and they carry bitterness. And if you've never heard me say anything tonight, you need to hear this. You have to let it go. You have to forgive. If you want faith to operate, because faith operates upon and from the basis of love. Love for God and love for your fellow man. Then your conscience is clear and then you have confidence that if you ask anything, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 15 says, if you ask anything according to His will, you know that God hears you. And if you know that God hears you, you know, you have the assurance that you have the petitions that you ask of Him. Come on. If it's in God's will, if it's in God's Word, stop vacillating, stop being double-minded and put your faith in God and Stick your heels in and make faith the substance of the things you hope for. Get the Word of God on your wall and declare the Word of God and watch what God is going to do in your life in 2022. If you receive it tonight, say Amen and give the Lord a praise. Come on, young people. Everybody under the age of 85, you can give Him a praise tonight. Your vision, I ask my staff all the time, and you know, my people who work, work close to me know that I get very irritable if people don't have a spirit of faith, especially people that walk around me and, and, and walk and come into my staff meetings and, and my elders and my boards, etc. If they don't operate by a spirit of faith, I will not have that devil jump on me or in my ministry anyway. So, so when I ask pastors to stand up, a young pastor, I say, okay, what do you believe in God for? I can hear. You open your mouth, you talk three seconds, I can tell you. Whether you persuade it, whether you believe what you're saying. Because you first have to spend time in God's presence, build your faith, make up your mind what it is. 
and then there's no turning back. There's no failing. There's no falling short. Because you have a decided mind. And now you use faith. I can and I will. No matter what devil, no matter what opposition, this is what God has in mind for me. You stand. After having done all to stand, you stand. You don't vacillate. Not because of storms you change your dream or lower your expectation. What is that? What is that? When the Israelites came back and they saw all the giants, God didn't say, okay, 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 okay. What, what do you want to settle for? What do you want to settle for? Let's renegotiate your dream. Do you want to settle for a little piece over there where, the, where there's no giants? That's what we do. We lower our expectation. We lower because we're not a hope-filled people because our dreams are not alive in us and there's a whole, and I'm going to believe God to revive people, um, etc., etc., and the Spirit of God, etc. But, um, you know, your faith is what brings the invisible into the visible. Your faith is what brings the intangible into that which is tangible. Your faith, your faith. If you can believe, and then if you believe your voice is different, your energy is different, your attitude is different, your expectation is different. I mean, we didn't just wake up and there was a building, yeah? We didn't just wake up and there was a piece of land that dropped into our laps in Johannesburg. I didn't just wake up and there was a piece of land that just fell into our lap in Lady Brand where we started or in Bloemfontein, Bloemfontein North. It didn't just happen easy, peasy. We had to make up our minds, what is God's will for us as a church? Then we had to get committed to the will of God. And then we had to use our faith in what God said to bring into reality what God wants through much perseverance, opposition, tribulation. No easy. No easy. No easy. Every day a step of faith. Are you listening to me, young person? Your dream, you're going to possess it by faith. The revival God promised you, you're gonna possess it by faith, not by sitting another year, waiting for better days and more pays. No, you make up your mind tonight to activate your faith and to activate your vision and to activate your hope and to get your dream alive again. And to go for it, because there's no other word to say it, you go for it. Because people are sitting and waiting and then they look at you as if you have to feel sorry for them. They fail, they underperform, they don't achieve. And the Bible says, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, mega fruit, not little fruit, mega. Everything about God is big and powerful and extravagant and expansive. There's nothing small about God. He says, don't despise the day of small beginnings, but you don't stay there. Oh, religion will fight me tonight because they want people to stay small. 
Jesus was born in a stable, He never stayed there. He's the King of the universe. He's risen from the grave. He's alive. He had humble beginnings, but He never stayed in the tomb. He rose from the grave. Come on. Come on, you can rise up. You can go higher. You can go further. You can be stronger. You can be bigger. You can be better. You can reach more people for God. Have faith in God in Jesus' name. Get rid of everything that steals your faith. Get rid of every conversation that steals your faith. Even my staff close to me, they, 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 they know they shouldn't give me reports at a wrong time. I say, don't steal my faith. If I have to get up and preach, don't tell me something negative before I get into the pulpit. Don't. To protect your spirit. I mean, people get shocked. They, they'll talk and then I'll say, I don't agree. Some, some pastors as well. I say, I can't agree. I don't agree with it. It's like, what? I say, I don't agree with it. Sorry, I can't be part of this conversation. I can't be part of this unbelief. I can't be part of this. It's so difficult. Sorry, I'm out. I'm going to the toilet. You have the conversation. When I'm back, I hope it's finished. I'm not sitting here listening to this. Not listening to how difficult things suddenly are. It was difficult 2,000 years ago as well. Amen. 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 I really do believe that God wants to take us places. I believe that God has a great future for you. Um, I believe that Jesus paid the price for your full redemption. I believe there's nothing that God cannot do. I do believe there's nothing that God cannot do. Tommy Barnett, I loved it when he said it. He said, I asked him a question. I said, just say one thing that you regret. I said, I asked him for two things. Two things. He said, I should, should have spent more time with my family as a busy preacher, because that's what we do. We run our heads off for God's kingdom and half the time the people don't appreciate your sacrifice and your family are on the wrong side of it. They have no cooking clue how you sacrifice for them. Then they look at you with a question mark. That's the first thing. And the second thing is he says, he said, I should have believed God for more. I should have taken more risks for God. Because every risk I took worked. God never failed me. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving. Tonight you've come here. I spoke about two kinds of faith, or faith that operates in two dimensions. The one is saving faith, and the one is living faith. The Bible says, by grace we are saved through faith. The Bible says it's appointed for men once to die and then the judgment. The Bible says we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Tonight, it's not something we have to fear, but it's something we have to be aware of that our lives are but a vapour. We are here today, gone tomorrow. And we will all stand before Jesus Christ one day. We will face Him as our judge or our saviour. The Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says while we were sinners, God demonstrated His love toward us by sending His Son to die for us when we least deserved it. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and confessed with your mouth, God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So there are two kinds of people here tonight. Those who are right with God and those who are not right with God. Those who are sure that I have peace with God and those who are not sure. And tonight, my dear friend, it doesn't matter how messed up you are, how many times you've messed up. What matters is that your future is ahead of you. You cannot change your past. You cannot change your yesterday. You cannot change your mistakes. What you can do tonight is receive God's forgiveness and you can receive a fresh beginning, a new beginning with God tonight. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, here in Pretoria, there in Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban, in all our churches, wherever you are. There's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. Tonight you've walked into this place and you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I want to recommit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to live for God. I want to live for God's glory. I'm sick and tired of this life that I've been living. Then my dear friend, God's grace is available tonight, but you have to access that by giving yourself back to Jesus by listening to your heart tonight and saying yes to Jesus. Is that your cry? Is that your desire tonight? Is that your need tonight? The life you are living is not for the glory of God. And tonight you know that God is calling you to surrender your life to Him. Then I wanna pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving, please. Tonight in this place you are saying, I want a fresh start with God. I want to come home like the prodigal. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand. I want to say a prayer before we close the meeting. Raise it up high all over this place. Quickly, slip it up, slip it up. Thank you, thank you. God bless you, bless you, God bless you. Raise it up, raise it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you up there, many hands. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God spoke to me in December, we're going to, break every work of Satan in the lives of people, over the lives of believers. Um, I'm preparing people for that. So two weeks from now, we are going to baptize people. A lot of people. So uh, I'll talk to all the churches that are coming to Bloomington about that this week. But um, there's something powerful about baptism. And like the song we sing, I Surrender, even some of you are going to get rebaptized. You were baptized. Listen, don't clap. Listen, just listen. There's some junk that's come back in your life and God's not happy with it. And on the 13th, that lucky number 13, we are going to rebaptize many of you and break addictions and break whatever has to be broken. It's not good enough just when we preach sometimes that you sit in your seat and you make a decision. We need more than just a decision. We need a memorial, we need an act. So on the 13th, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, on the 20th, 27th, three weeks in a row, we're gonna put a lot of pools outside our churches and we are going to baptize hundreds, if not thousands of people, re-baptize you. 
and it's going to be a powerful experience because some of you have tried to be free from some things and you're not getting free. So you don't have to worry, you have to show up. Not in white like Jesus, okay? We don't want you in white. You can come to church in white afterwards, it's going to be black. You understand? Back in the day, we baptized everybody in a white. Don't know why we did that. More holy, more angelic. How stupid. It's like, okay, everybody look to heaven. We're baptizing um, whatever. And we're not going to wrestle you under the water. So sometimes you baptize people, you really have to wrestle them. We're not going to do that. But I promise you now, Jesus spoke to me. God's going to set you free in a level that you've not walked in. God's going to take things out of your life. And I'm not just talking about habits and addictions. I'm talking about emotional strongholds. I'm talking about relational strongholds. I'm talking about soul ties. I'm talking about a lot of things where the devil has his claws in God's people. And I say, enough. It was for freedom that Christ has come to set you free. Every believer will be free. I said every believer will be free. You will taste victory and freedom in Jesus' Name. And some of you will do what I did as a young person. I went back home and I got rid of my marijuana stash and I'll just talk about that. I want to talk about other things hidden because that's what young people do. They hide their, their rubbish everywhere. Ooh. Now it's on our cell phones, Pastor. Ooh. We're going to clean up. We're going to clean up. You're going to block and delete and block and delete and block and delete and block and delete like this preacher has had to. Block and delete. People that criticize me for, for, for stupidity, for not their stupidity. Just, I mean, they'll watch a whole sermon and they'll criticize me because my shoe was, didn't match the color of my pants. It's like, is that what you're looking for, really? That the level of your carnality. Just please, don't ever watch my program again. Don't ever. Just, just please, I pray that if you switch on the television and I come up, that your signal drops. That you never benefit by my ministry, ministry ever in your life again. Never. Never have the privilege to see me minister in your life again. So, I have time for this nonsense after 35 years in the ministry. You're not even as old as I've been in the ministry. Don't have time for your nonsense. Really. Absolutely don't. So um, we're going to put things where they belong. And you are going to get the power to break the hold of certain things. Certain things of your past that are trying to come back all the time. Past. We're breaking it. 
So I don't care whether you have your baptism date. Ek het geen saak nie. I'm asking you, in what level of freedom are you walking? And you have to decide whether you are hungry and not have your ego come into play here and think, what are people going to think? You really, you're really serving God at that level, what people think and not what God knows? And that you really want to please God and that baptism is a baptism unto repentance and why we have to re-baptize these people because people have to repent again, which means people have to turn away from old ways that they were free of and walk in freedom and victory again. Spirit, soul, body, relationships. Hmm. Some of you want to walk in purity, my my boyfriend, it's so much mag oor jou that that you only can because there's a soul tie. Now we're breaking that. We're burying that soul tie. We we're smashing it. We're breaking it. We're breaking every hold of the devil over God's people. Are you listening? So how many of you are going to get baptized or rebaptized? Okay, that's a lot of you. Now, please, you're not going to come here unprepared. You're not coming here. We'll do a funny uh, thing because we can't be graphic with certain things. But of course, now you're not going to come here in your um, um, costume. You are going to come if you if you're going to you're going to come in a t-shirt, a long t-shirt. And if you're a girl, you're going to have uh, a gym what leggings or whatever you call it under that. And um, you're going to be covered up to ya. You understand? Huh? And we're going to have women baptizing women. And we're going to have men baptizing men. And with some of those men, we're just going to hold them under there a little bit longer. I baptize you in the name of the Father. I baptize you in the name of the Son. I baptize you in the name of the Holy Ghost. I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I baptize you in the name of Saint Peter. I baptize you in the name of Saint Paul. I baptize you in, in the name of Mother Mary. I baptize you. We're going to baptize you until you are free. Until we see freedom in your eyes. And and dan natuurlijk gaan ons paar van die groot drome hê. Wat ons van julle gaan insit. En as jy vry is, gaan jy klop. Gaan jy hou Tot jy die nonsens uit sweet Tot jy tot jou sinne kom Want die ding gaan jou vernietig Die ding gaan jou vernietig Bekeer jouself Kree jou saak recht met die heren Because there's more at stake than you God wants to use you to bring freedom to your generation. Amen. So uh, put your hand on your heart, those of you that came for prayer in all our churches. Reach your hands out to them. Everybody pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for my sin. I believe with all my heart, you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive. Tonight, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for a new beginning. Thank you 
that you love me and that you receive me. I'm your child. I'm free. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. It's as easy as that. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.